0: You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 350. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your every day. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. We're on episode 350. Can you believe that? 350 episodes of The Lively Show. That just hit me as I was recording that intro. I was like, holy moly. What a wild ride, and I know some of you guys are here listening and have been here from the very early years of the show, from 2014 and beyond, and then other people are more newer to the show, so welcome wherever you are at the point that you're listening to this show. Thank you for being here. It's a joy to have you here, and if you're listening to this as this is actually airing, I just want to let you guys know we have IVFT round two starting soon. That is going to start March 29th. So feel free to join us at jesslivy.com slash IVFT. If you're curious, if your intuition is saying it's a yes and it's the right time for you, join us now. I know a lot of people are also feeling their inner voices are saying not right now, but maybe in the future. So if you wanna join us for rounds three and four or who knows how many rounds there may be, no promises, I don't know mentally how many rounds or when we'll do next ones if, when we do so, but we will of course let you know here on the show but round two starts March 29th. So if that's what you're feeling aligned to, we're excited to work with you. And other than that, we did the Inward Bound Retreat. It was an online program for Cocoon and IVFT grads and new round two members last weekend. That was incredible. Thank you so much for the 64 people that joined us for that program. I know as many of us talked over that weekend, we didn't think it would go as deep and as far <laughs> as it actually did, but it was quite an incredible experience. I think we all thought it'd be more light and fun and not that it didn't have lovely moments of light and fun, but there was just so much depth reached as well. So thank you guys for joining me. That was truly special and it's something that I could see us doing again before future rounds of IVFT as well. Okay, so now I have a Q&A episode for you guys. 47 questions in the Lively Community app. So thank you guys for all 47. Knowing that I can take a few minutes sometimes to answer each question individually, I do not think we'll be able to get through everybody's questions, but I will get through as many as I can and try to be brief on the answers as much as possible so we can cover more questions. I've got a little cup of tea next to me right now. It's the morning, 8.30 in the morning. I'm in San Miguel, Mexico. Everyone keeps asking, where are you in Mexico? And they all assume... The coastlines of Mexico, because there's so many beautiful destinations to go to on the coastlines of Mexico. However, I am straight in the heart of Mexico, in the center of the country, in the mountains, in the desert. It is gorgeous. I feel like I'm walking around Zorro's hometown. It's UNESCO World Heritage Site. Google image search San Miguel de Allende on your Google and you will see the gorgeousness that I am surrounded by. It's beautiful. I also feel like it's kind of like if Lisbon <laughs> I was going to have a hunky boyfriend city, she would have, because Lisbon's very feminine color story and the water and she's just very, she's like a mermaid. Lisbon's like a mermaid. And then she's got this hunky desert manly man with wrought iron and woods and reds and oranges and yellows. That's kind of just my little mental little story of the soap opera of Lisbon and San Miguel being lovers. (laughs) So it's really fun to be here in this space. And to be getting ready for IVFT for everyone that's joining. But all right, now we're going to get to the questions. So we will start with Miriam. And she asked this, by the way, if you're wondering, in the Lively Community app, it's free to join. If you want to join us there, just download it on your phone and you can do so. You can also do it on your desktop, but the app is actually really designed to be for your phone. And so it's really most intuitive and pretty to experience by phone. Okay, So let's go in. Miriam, how has your general health or well-being shifted since releasing all those beanbags? Oh, well, I was healthy before the beanbags, (laughs) so I am healthy after the beanbags. But I could say that my general well-being and the sensory experience of my reality and my emotional reactivity is hugely wonderful. I feel so much more solid and stable and balanced and even without those emotional beanbags, as I call them. Eckhart Tolle called them the pain body in his book, but I got confused when he said the pain body, my mind associated the pain with the entire body being taken over. And that is not my actual, nor the, you know, people we work with experience of like the entire body's in pain. It's usually once you get into awareness in a specific area of your body. So it could be in your stomach, your heart, your gut, your neck, your shoulders, your toe, wherever you might feel it. And they usually feel like different sizes. Like people will describe them as like a grapefruit, a soccer ball, a football, a watermelon. Not that they're all fruits, (laughs) but the first one that I felt, felt like a beanbag coming out of my belly button. And so that's where the term emotional beanbag came from. But now that I've released hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of beanbags, I don't have them very often anymore. It's very rare that something will be what I perceive as an emotional beanbag. So that's great. When people start to learn how to release them, I say, the good news is that one's gone. The bad news, not bad. But the other side of the coin is that there are many, many, many of these. And now that you know where they are and how to feel them... You don't really know where they are until they're up for you to be released. But now that you know how to feel them, you can tell where they are when they're there and you can release them. So that is totally safe and normal, but will be released as well in awareness in time. So yeah, feeling great. I look so different. It's even interesting. If you go to my highlights on Instagram, just see as in cookie lively, you can see the inner selfies. Little highlight feed on Instagram, you can see the amazing amount of photos that I was taking in Hawaii like a year ago that were really lovely. And then you could also see the photos I would share in contrast from like earlier years where I was releasing bean bags, and you can just see in my face the weight of all those bean bags <laughs> and then the releasing of all those bean bags. I've also seen this in happening through the IBFT grads, like IBFT beta and round oneers are just transforming their faces, literally. Even people who have just done cocoon even are just looking so much different. It's, it's amazing. It's hard to say, like, it's not like they've lost a weight and so that's why they look different. It's just that they've lost emotional baggage and so their bodies change. When the inner world changes, so does the outer landscape as well. So it's truly amazing. My sensitivities to things like dairy and gluten and things that were making my skin and hormones really imbalanced in the past, that's all evened out. But I can't say that that's directly related to beanbag releasing per se. I can just notice the emotional and physical lightness in the body, and the felt experience of my body being so much lighter without those emotional triggers is fantastic. Okay, so now we have Nicole Veronica who said, "How do you know you're really in flow? I'm practicing trusting my intuition more and more, which feels like flow. I'm loving it. Yet the mind thinks I'm just neglecting to do things. Thank you for your Q and A. Even if my question doesn't get chosen, I just love listening to Q and As. Sending you so much love and appreciation. Well, thank you, Nicole. So I'd say." Just keep trying the flow and intuition that you're loving and just keep watching. Give it 30 days. Tell your mind. I love doing that to my mind. I'd say, OK, let's just try this for 30 days. If I hit some resistance and my mind doesn't want to go past this mental block that it has, like I can't I can't really live this fully, you know, it'll get to a point with law of attraction in the past or would we'll do it around like trusting my inner voice or whatever. And then it would say, but I can't do it. This is like too much. This is like the barrier. This is the border that the mind has set. And so what I would do to get over that border was say to the mind rationally, let's give it 30 days and see how it goes. And if it's crappy after 30 days, then we'll go back to the old way of being. But basically, that just gives my mind the peace of mind to know it's temporary if everything falls apart. But what I found is that I've never gone back and actually implemented anything of a past limitation in my life later. It always just turns out to work out. So I would try that 30-day rule, like test trial and error with your inner voice and see if neglecting to do things, quote unquote, as your mind thinks that it is doing that. See if your life falls apart or if it comes together in a whole new way. Just see, test it out, give it 30 days. Give your mind that peace of mind to know that it's not gonna be stuck doing this forever. If it makes this choice now and now and now and now, that if it is bad, it won't stay. Try that. That would be my suggestion on that. Three question. Pretty Imbella says, how do you channel your bibbity bobbity boo podcast episodes? Okay. So simple. The same basically in many ways, I'm sure, as Annie does The Collective, but not exactly the same because I can tell you I watch Annie channel The Collective all the time when talking and working with her, and she's usually sitting in a chair. But when I did the bibbity bobbity boo and I could do that right now, I... When I did actually do those specific episodes for you guys in the past, in the older episodes in the archive, I would lay on the bed. I did them in London a few. I remember the first ones were in London. I'd lay on the bed in the Airbnb that I was in and I would hold a crystal just because I like crystals and I felt like holding one. Not that it's like, what crystal were you holding? And that's where pippity-boppity-boo, pippity-boppity-boo voice is not coming from the crystal. So hold a crystal if you want to hold a crystal hold a jelly bean if you want to hold a jelly bean hold nothing if you don't want to hold anything you know don't don't let the <laughs> the outside world determine the inside nature the nature and the channeling is inside the body so i liked the crystal cuz it was nice to hold it but i held the crystal i laid on the bed on my back and i had the microphone in my hand and then i just changed the channel in my head i just listened for that frequency i become very familiar with that was loving and Positive, and I would just tune into, that was the station that I could most easily shift into. So I can go into my inner voice and get guidance from my character. My just mind could have a question for my inner voice and I could tune there. If I want to talk to the collective and myself, I could do that. I just direct the question to the collective inside of my head and I wait for an answer just like I would my own inner voice, but I'll hear from the collective. The bibbidi-bobbidi-boo was just kind of this other way I could tune in and let go of my mind. And I could hear this message coming through. It's like almost like spinning the dial on the radio. And that's where it would land when I spun the dial and tuned in in my chest. So I placed my awareness and my heart space, you could say in the chest area, and that's what would come out. And I would just say the words as they were coming out. I could do it on Demand. I could do it while I was walking. I did that a little bit in Hawaii in the early parts of COVID last year and would do some stories with the Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo voice coming through while I was doing little walking, showing the sunset and stuff like that. I could do it anywhere, but I did on the podcast do it while I was laying on my back with my microphone in my hand. And if you haven't heard it before, you can go back to the old episodes. I don't even know what episode numbers they are, but um, they're in the archive somewhere. I could just say that. Well, I would even listen to them in amazement because of the rhyming nature of them. I think it likes to do the rhyming in part because my mind knows it's not able to rhyme that well. (laughs) So it kind of trusts that it's hearing from something other than itself when the rhyming occurred. So it's almost a confirmation. And it was just so beautiful and sing-songy. It sounds like Dr. Seuss, which is so funny because I have no attachment or connection really to Dr. Seuss at all. I'm aware of the books. I've heard them in childhood, but like, it wasn't like they were deep in my psyche at all. So what that really, really, really to me feels like is that Dr. Seuss was channeled by whoever was the, I know Dr. Seuss, I believe, was not the name of the person. That was the, the pen name of the author, but i have a feeling that if that frequency feels so similar to what I was receiving when I turned the channel, I'm guessing that those are channel books as well. Whether the author thought of themselves as channeling the books or not, I don't know. But I'm getting to what it feels like. Whatever my frequency that I can hold is seems in a similar spectrum to what that author was able to tune into in non-physical. And so they're like buddy channels, like not too far apart in terms of their delivery and their content sort of as well. So yeah, anyways, there you have that. Paige says, what does alignment time look like for you these days? Well, I can just say that since I've got to San Miguel, I have had the most incredible flow of people and events that are like next level, like people that I'll meet at the airport on the way into coming from Cancun as my layover between Belize and San Miguel, I would have like this person that I would then meet in the airport line and then I would see her at the lunch the next day. I would meet a coffee person at the coffee shop. We'd be having lunch and then there that other person would be, I bought a hat from a girl and then I'm (laughs) seeing the girl that I bought the hat for. As I'm talking about buying the hat to someone that met me because I was wearing the hat, like it's just like incredible, incredible, incredible alignment that I have some of the most synchronistic experiences ever. So alignment time lately hasn't been very planned. It's just been getting up and starting my day and then thing after thing, after thing, after thing just keeps lining up so beautifully. So there's no actual lately a thing that I do for alignment. It's just that all of my time is aligned. Oh my gosh, there we go. That's like next level, I guess. (laughs) I'm not even thinking about having alignment time. It's just that by the time I've started my day and got ready and dressed and gone out the door and I'll go to a coffee shop, everything that happens from there just flows without my mind having an expectation of what will happen next. But then literally from dawn to dusk is just something magical. That's what it's been like from Thursday until what are we at today? Thursday. So it's been a week of that. So no mental idea or expectation of what is actually going to happen. I have done inward bound over the weekend. So that was something that I had to do that was obviously aligning in its own way. But after the coaching calls and so forth, other than that, it's just been, let's get ready for the day and go get a coffee. has been about as much as I've actually thought about quote unquote alignment time. And then everything that's happened from that point of the getting the coffee to after that, like I got a hat one day, I didn't plan on getting the hat. I didn't. plan on thinking about a hat, but I was walking after the coffee shop one day, I saw a beautiful salon actually, and I wanted to get my nails done. And I hadn't even looked up a salon to get my nails done, but they were needing it. So I went in and I said, Hey, are you guys free for getting nails done? And they said, yes. And then as I was getting my nails done, I was thinking now Mexico, obviously sombreros and hats, and especially in this very hot, very sunny climate sombreros and hats are very useful tools to keep out of the sun and stay cool. So I was thinking to myself a little bit, you know what? This might be the time I get a hat. <laughs> like a it looks like a rancher kind of hat. I wouldn't call it a full cowboy hat, but just, you know, a little stylish lack of colors Australia type of styled hat. And I was like, okay. And this salon had also a little selection of items, like a little bit of clothing, jewelry and accessories. And I could see that they had some hats, but I was only in the salon part of it. I couldn't see all the way into the boutique area, but I was thinking to myself, okay, I think they had like a yellow hat. I could see from where I was sitting. And I was like, you know what? It could be fun to get a hat. And I just thought about that. And I was like, what color of hat would I want? I was like, I want like a soft putty colored hat, like a, a light colored hat that was light Brown, but wouldn't be too, you know, stain showing and so forth. So I kind of imagine what this hat would be like. It's like, okay, well, maybe one day I'll get a hat like that. After the nails were done, I went into the boutique area and I saw that they had a hat just like that. (laughs) So I tried it on. I ended up buying it. And it was interesting too, because the credit card, you know, every now and then as you travel the chase will just think that it's a fraud transaction so i had to go through this whole trace fraud thing to get them to approve the transaction for whatever reason i'd been in san miguel fine and nothing had been getting declined but they were suddenly thinking that transaction was being fraud so i had to like deal with like a half hour of back and forth with chase trying to say it's not fraud and then get on the finally like just get on the phone and just call them and say this is me and i'm trying to make this purchase while i was doing that i did think in my head like is this a sign i'm not supposed to buy this hat like is this the universe or my energy? voice that kind of guiding me from the outside to not get it. But my inner voice was very clear. It's like, buy the hat. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I went through the whole rigmarole of getting through the transaction process approval thing and got the hat. And then I was telling my friend Andy, who lives in Australia, about my hat and how excited I was having a hat. This was like breaking my character of Jess down a bit because she never wore a hat like that. And there was like stories she had in the past that she wouldn't look good in a hat like that. But she did look good in the hat. I did look good in the hat. But my mind told a story that said, I can't wear hats like that because I'm from Michigan. Like that is not from my childhood in the 90s. Anything like what I would have thought I would have been wearing. And so here I am wearing this hat and I'm telling Andy about it because now I'm so excited about it. I'm like, Andy, just go buy a hat. Just go get a hat and get a hat outfit because I've always been feeling like the other resistance my mind had was that I needed a hat outfit. I need an outfit that goes with this kind of hat. And so part of me always thought I didn't have outfits for those kinds of hats, which is very false. I then did a little fashion show for myself in my wardrobe of stuff I have here. And I had like 12 ways I could wear this hat. So I was like, oh, my gosh everything I thought was wrong. <laughs> my life is a lie, like not a lie, but you know what I mean? My mind is like broken open past this false facade and limitation. And now I'm like the new hat girl telling Andy to go buy a hat. So I had dinner with a friend that I met at the coffee shop that was planned. And so I was like, all right, I'll go wear my hat, and my hat outfit to my dinner. And so I was telling Andy, he should do the same. So I'm very excited. I even named the hat Esmeralda. I was having a lot of fun about this hat. And so after the dinner with my friend, I was walking home from the restaurant and as I'm walking home, this guy and his friends were out and I noticed the group of people because this one of the guys in the group was wearing a hat. And so now that I'm wearing the hat, I'm looking around and I'm like seeing everybody in their cool hats. (laughs) And so I noticed one of the guys has a hat and they have dogs. And so that's kind of the element that I recall is like, okay, cool hat wearing man and like guys and people with dogs. So anyways, I noticed them in the lobby of the hotel where the rooftop bar was that I was at. And then as I was walking home, one of the people in the group, one of the other guys also wearing a baseball cap, but not a hat hat, but a baseball cap said, hey, I like your hat. And I couldn't believe after, you know, buying this hat earlier in the day, having this whole big conversation with Andy. And now I'm getting complimented on the hat. And he's like, what's your name? And where are you from? And he's just super friendly and gets my number. And he's like, we're hanging out. They've been in town for some parties that were going on this weekend. And uh, he's like, you should hang out with us. So I'm like, okay, cool. So there we go. The hat like makes me friends. Ironically, I will also say this is the level of alignment and flow of my life. As I walk to that Luna restaurant, rooftop bar, Okay. For those that have read Journey of Souls, you will know what I'm talking about. My favorite part of the book and description of what happens between lives. If you haven't read Journey of Souls, check it out if it's intriguing. But my favorite part of the in-between lives stage is that meeting where you go in and you tell all the entities that you're going to play in life again with. You all kind of talk about how you're going to try to remember each other, even though you know you're going to forget, you try to remember. And they talk about objects that might help someone trigger an interest in that person so that the engagement, so that the interaction occurs. They talk about like a little boy noticing a woman neighbor's necklace. And so he was going to try to remember her necklace. And so when he was like riding his bike on a street, he might notice the lady wearing the necklace. So of course, he's going to forget all this, but he's going to try to remember. So I had a thought about this hat. I thought to myself as I walked to the rooftop bar, wouldn't that be funny if somebody's reconnection or object that they were going to remember me from was the hat? And I was thinking how hilarious that would be because the character of Jess, after 36 years, never wore a hat like this. So if I was supposed to be wearing this hat, that would have also been such a level of character development of my personhood to actually get to a point where I would buy that hat. That would just be like, we met at a time in my life where I was like the hat-wearing version of me, (laughs) would have to have occurred by the nature of the fact that I'd even be wearing and buying this hat. So I actually thought that thought as I walked to the rooftop and as I'm walking back from the rooftop bar going home in the dark at night, I get asked about my hat. And it's so funny. His name is Orin. He's a lovely person. We've just spent a little time hanging out. And his friends the next day showed up at the coffee shop that I was at And there was the hat guy because his friend was the one wearing the hat. So I was like, oh, my God, they're here. Like we had planned to hang out the next day, but they just happened to show up while he was working in his Airbnb. His other friends from that crew like rolled into the coffee shop. And I was like, oh, my gosh. There's the hat crew. I was like, oh my gosh. And there's the dogs. One of the people in the group said, hey, do you want to come to the hot springs with us? Because they were about to go to the hot springs. I was like, sure. Sounds good. So I went to the hot springs and then Oren came along and then I told him about this big, funny story about the hat. And he goes, you know, he's like, I did like the hat. He's like, I I liked the hat. I could see it in the dark, but it was pretty and I liked it. And he goes, but I've never talked to anyone about their hat before. I've never done that before. And he's like, I just kind of thought you were part of the party that weekend, which I wasn't, that I didn't even know there was a party going on over the weekend. I was doing inward bound. I just happened to show up to San Miguel so I could do inward bound. But a lot of people were in town for this party. And he goes, I just thought you looked familiar energy wise and like that you had been in the group. So he didn't think it was like he was talking to a random stranger, which he actually was. (laughs) And so I was just thinking, oh, my goodness. So anyways, so happy to have met these new friends. They're roaming around Mexico for a little while and maybe we'll do other fun adventures with them. I don't know, but it was just such a fun thing. And so, as we were talking later at a rooftop bar yesterday about the hat, the girl, the woman that had to be with me on the phone dealing with Chase to do the transaction of the hat walked into the restaurant. Like, literally, as I'm talking about the credit card transaction getting declined and how I almost didn't buy the hat. She walks into this restaurant, right, walks right by us. Like, that is the level of alignment and flow that I'm having. Like, people are just everywhere. Like, if I've met someone once, it's like they're coming into my life at the perfect moment of being shared again. So, it's just truly wild. So, alignment time is looking like that lately. I don't know that that will be the way that alignment time will continue to look, but that's been lately. So, Okay. Now we have Rita who said, what are your thoughts on the Akashic Records? I've never heard about it till this week after the retreat and sounded like a different way to call the inner voice, but I didn't go too deep into it. Thank you. I have come across the Akashic Records through different sources over the years, especially years ago when I was more into more into like psychics, channeling crystals, and like learning about all of that space. Akashic Records showed up into my awareness through those things, but I never got very deep into it. I never felt very interested in it. That'd be like knowing that they're all volcanoes, but I'd never really studied volcanoes. So I just never felt a personal call to go very deeply into that, but I know many people have. So it's just not been something that I focused on, but it's it's a, something that you could focus on if you want to. So yeah, that'd be my suggestion there. It's just go into the things that you want to go into. It's like traveling the world. Like I haven't gone to like Asia very deeply. You know, I haven't gone to China or Japan yet. Other people love, my brother loves Japan, loves, loves, loves Japan. Doesn't mean I won't ever go to Japan, but I haven't felt called yet to go to Japan. So until I feel the alignment to go to Japan, I'm not going to go to Japan. Not that Japan. Has anything wrong with it? So I'd say that about Akashic Records. I haven't felt called to go into Akashic Records or into that world, so I haven't. But other people have felt that alignment and love for it, so they have. So I'd say for anything, just go into it when it feels right for you. And don't worry if other people go into volcano studies or into Japan and they get really, really deep into that subject and expertise because that's what their alignment in love. For me, as you know, channeling has definitely been something I've really loved. Law of attraction something that's really appealed to me. So I've gone very deeply in those subjects and more shallowly in others. And other people might not really care about channeling at all, or they might not care about law of attraction and studying the principles of it very much. And that's wonderful too. So it's just about finding your personal interests for the time being that it feels fun for you. Now we have Jen Goodnow has said, I can feel a shift in me. I'm starting to see my ego and beanbags as removed from myself. And my ego is having a temper tantrum and I can see that from a detached place. But I'm also feeling sad, grumpy, tired. I assume it's a temporary phase as I work to higher level of being in this incarnation and can use your expert advice experience. Yes, just be with it, Jen. Just watch it. Be with it. You've got it. Keep going. I just say that, Jen. Keep going. Keep releasing those beanbags and uh, see what happens next. Now we have Amy A. who said, what kind of questions would you ask your inner voice when wanting to pursue a new business idea or where you should go on vacation? Okay, so some suggestions for a business idea. Inner voice, should I start a new business? If yes, why? If no, why not? Okay, and then I'll say, what kind of business should I start? What do you want me to do? What is your perspective on business inner voice? Do I need a business in order to have abundance? If yes, why? If no, why not? If I don't need a, a new business to have abundance... Should I have a business anyways? If yes, why? If no, why not? And just keep asking questions like that. But again, you're going to have to go why yes or why no, depending on the answers you're getting and keep asking questions. It's probably very likely that if, if your inner voice isn't guiding you to the business idea yet, it's a mind concept that's not ready yet or it's a mind limitation saying that you need it in order to have abundance or something else in your life that your inner voice may not see as an actual limitation. So there's probably a lot of questioning to go on about why your mind's holding on to the belief that a business should be there or why it needs to have a business idea if it doesn't yet. Because if the inner voice wants to have a business, it will make it clear. <laughs> like when the inner voice wants to have a business, when it wants it, it will make it clear. If it hasn't made it clear yet, it doesn't want it yet. That doesn't mean it won't be forever. It just means right now, it doesn't want it now. And when it does want it now, it'll show you the answer now. The mind is just expecting a time frame that's different than your inner voice's time. It's like expecting the bread to be done in the oven quicker than the bread's actually ready. It doesn't mean you won't have bread or that it won't be ready. It's just, it's not ready yet. It's the mind's expectation of when it should be ready. So ask more questions. And in terms of vacation, the same principles apply. Like where should you go? It'll become clear when it's time to be clear. And even for me in the Belize, Maya, Ruins thing that you guys heard me talk about in a previous Flow episode, I heard my inner voice say, Mayan Ruins, Mayan Ruins, Mayan Ruins. My mind thought that must've mean Mexico because my mind only had associations to Mayan Ruins in Mexico. But then later it was like, Belize, Belize, Belize. And then I found out there were Mayan Ruins in Belize, which blew my mind wide open. I couldn't believe it. And so I just waited, even though I knew that it wanted Belize and I knew that it wanted to go to the Mayan ruins for whatever reason. (laughs) I didn't push the button to buy the ticket for weeks and weeks. I waited till the alignment actually came to be taking the next step for that. So you might even have an awareness that you want to go to France or Japan or Hilton Head or wherever you want to go. You might have that story or knowing, but it doesn't mean that that's the time to buy the ticket necessarily. Or I kept thinking about coming to San Miguel de Allende because I think it was April or Paige had said in one of our sessions, my inner voice is telling me to tell you to check out San Miguel de Allende. I think you'd like it. And so when I did, I loved it. My mind immediately wanted to do that. But it was weeks and weeks and weeks before it was actually time to buy the ticket. And my mind had to really let go and go, well, I'd love to be there, but I'm not going to go if my inner voice isn't guiding me to it. And it kept being so much longer than my mind would have thought it would take to book that experience. But the place that I'm staying is so perfect. I love the woman that lives in the Airbnb above me, got a great friend, but she was staying in this flat until the day that I bought the Airbnb. So it wasn't available on Airbnb. The place I was meant to stay in for this magical experience of San Miguel wasn't ready yet. And so it wasn't asking me to book prematurely because it wasn't the place that I was supposed to book yet. It wasn't ready yet. So when it was ready, there was that alignment in time, but not beforehand. So you got to just relax and trust that the timing's in the hands of the inner voice, not your mind. Okay. Amber Ardenberg said, what is the motivation to shift more to living and turning more and more into the inner voice on a daily basis? Was it curiosity and inner knowing to explore it more? I feel like my mind is still trying to get me out of this state. How did you manage yourself to keep coming back to it? to where you are now in a lot less resistance than before, I'm assuming. Much love. Yeah, there's very little resistance now. Like there might be confusion in the mind. Like why, why is Abigail not coming together sooner? But it wasn't enough to make me feel bad or it wasn't enough to make me book anyways. You know what I mean? I could have the thought, but doesn't mean that I have a huge emotional reaction, nor do I take an action because of the thoughts. My mind can have thoughts, but it doesn't mean that I have to take the actions according to those thoughts. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Just, I mean, many of you guys are like, yeah, judge us. But there are certain areas of life where the mind loves to take control and actions based on their emotions and stories that support them from the mind stories. I mean, there. I told that story. I, I've told it, actually, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but one day I was in the mall in Michigan a few months ago, after I uh, left Portugal, I was in Michigan for a few days getting a COVID test for Hawaii in order to enter Hawaii. And while I was there, I bought a $30 Celine perfume. It was a travel rollerball perfume at Sephora. And my inner voice, I had a loads of stuff in my cart, but that perfume, my inner voice didn't want to buy. It didn't even say no. I could just feel it when it was in the bo- basket, in my inner voice, there was like a discomfort in my body that was undeniable. But my mind liked it, wanted it, thought it would be nice to have, didn't think it was a big deal, it's only $30. It bought like, let's say $200 worth of stuff in the basket. So this is not like this $30 thing is going to be make or break this purchase that I'm making overall. And it had many things that it was totally at peace about buying but that $30 perfume, it did not want to buy. And I had a, like an anxiety attack for like two hours after I bought it. Cause I guess it had been that long where I had taken an action against the inner voice where I had a knowingness inside of me. I wouldn't call it the inner knowing. You can't even say a voice, but I just felt like it wasn't what my intuition wanted to purchase, but my mind rationalized on top of it. After I bought it, I... I felt like I wanted to like throw it out the car window, give it to somebody on the street. Like I didn't know what to do with it. And eventually I held on to it. It was fascinating to see that level of discomfort on something so insignificant overall in my life. But then I was like, wow, that's what it feels like to go against the inner voice. I haven't done that in so long that it was so jarring to have that experience. But eventually when I was in Hawaii, I still had the perfume with me. My inner voice, by the way, on the way somewhere else, In between that purchase and being in Hawaii, bought a different set of travel perfume that it loved. Apparently, the inner voice wanted the Joe Malone perfume, not the Celine Roses perfume. So I was using it, loving it. My inner voice is like basking every time I would put it on. I just have this like full body, like sensory love for it. So I was like, okay, and then I had this extra perfume. It was just unnecessary. That was, I think, the reason that ultimately it wasn't aligned, is because it wanted this other thing more than the mind's attachment to this like spontaneous purchase of the rose perfume. And I thought, well, you know, these are all travel perfumes. They're all going to run out eventually. I can just use this one after the other one. But my inner voice was just, it just didn't need the excess. It just didn't want that one. And so eventually, in Hawaii later, I got the inspiration. I was Like, oh my gosh. I could return this. So I returned it to Sephora in Hawaii and got a different thing instead that wasn't even perfume related. And I was infinitely, infinitely happier. The joy I felt in returning that perfume was 10 times more than actually buying any perfume whatsoever. So, anyways, that was an example of my mind um, feeling confused. Not even confused, it just made a story and it didn't just return the perfume or put it back before it purchased it, which it obviously could have. It could have put it back on the counter instead of buying it, but it did go through the purchase experience. It did go through the two hours of discomfort, knowing that discomfort was in my body because it wasn't in alignment. And then seeing the return of it and getting something else instead and seeing the joy in that, that was actually an amazing experience. I don't regret that whatsoever because that just showed me that I really am mostly in alignment with my inner voice. <laughs> like that level of discomfort is what I feel in a $30 perfume that my inner voice doesn't want to buy. Jeez, I'm really pretty solid in this, I guess, in most places and states. Not always, but man, I I've not felt that level of discomfort going against the inner voice in a very long time. So how did that get there? How did I get to that place? 12 years of doing the inner voice. 12 years of communicating through inner voice dialogue, inner voice writing or listening or the bibbidi-bobbidi-boo and being traveling alone was honestly the best thing because while I was traveling alone, I was in like places like Melbourne, I remember, and like the time zones when I would want to talk to friends or family in other parts of the world wouldn't be easy. And I didn't know many people in Australia in that early part of my time in Australia. So when my mind would want comfort and seek to communicate to someone outside of itself, it didn't have someone outside itself to talk to based on being alone. And so I would go into my inner voice instead, because it was the one thing that was always awake when I was. <laughs> so as I kept trial and airing that for the last 12 years, it just grew. It just grew. So I'd say just keep going with it. Next up, we have Han Bryn who said, does your mind still attach desires and get stressed out? Just wondering if there's a point mine will shut up. It's so much better now. Like it's so much better now. Like I've shared, there was the bit of the mind's confusion about San Miguel. I even questioned, even though the mind loved the idea of going, whether it would actually take me there. I always could tell while I was in Hawaii trying to, you know, suss out the next travel plans. I always could tell the the mind really was attached to San Miguel because of how pretty it was and how similar it was to looking like a European town that it was very comforted by. But at the same time, I could tell the inner voice was very much wanting to go to Belize. And so the clarity was always Belize first. And then I was questioning, you know, will it want to go to Mexico eventually? You know, there was like a, definitely many weeks where it was no. I was even in Belize for a week before I even got the plans for San Miguel. I didn't even know if I was supposed to stay and post up in Belize instead of coming to Mexico, like my mind expected for IVFT. It ended up being Mexico, but just the timing needed to be right for the right place to show up. So there wasn't a lot of stress around that. But I can tell you the mind was most stressed buying the perfume. Buying the perfume against the inner voice was infinitely more stressful than waiting to find out where to live next, what to do next. The amount of stress and going against it in action was far, 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 like 10 times bigger than the curiosity and impatience of the mind wanting to know next steps. So actually acting against the inner voice is much more uncomfortable than the discomfort I feel in the mind when it wants to know what's next in terms of actions to take. So taking an actual action against the inner voice is much more uncomfortable than waiting for what action to take. But there's just a lot of trust and a lot of twelve years of practice with this that's made all of that so trusting and consistent and clear. Slade, hey Slade, Slade asks, "What's your favorite thing to eat these days?" Oh, well, Mexican food. I love. I've always loved Mexican food and nachos. Though I haven't had nachos here yet. They're not as plentiful in Mexico as my belly might hope. But um, what have I been having? Lately, lime juice. That's what it is. The limonadas. It's not an eating thing, it's a drinking thing. So, lime lemonade with sparkling water. I haven't been drinking this year, which has been a fun little experiment and uh, alcohol, as so to speak. So, I've been drinking, even if I'm going out with friends to rooftop bars and patios and stuff, I'll just get limonada or like lime juice and sparkling with like salt on the rim. So, it's kind of basically like a virgin margarita. So, that's been my favorite thing. And even in Belize, they had amazing lime juice and limeade. And so, I've been loving that. Rosie said, what does a typical day for you look like at the moment when you're not running a course? How do you flow through your days? Well, (laughs) let's see. I mean, every day now is completely unique. Every day is completely different. Now, part of that everybody can relate to in terms of traveling, right? When you're traveling, as I am right now, you're just exploring new and different places and spaces. So it's even more different than it would be if I was in Lisbon, I suppose." But I can say that lately it's just I go, I get up in the morning, I get ready for the day and I go out and I've been going to this coffee shop called Kaibok and getting a coffee and sitting there. And then basically every time I've gone to Kaibok, I've met somebody. They just start talking to me. (laughs) so I don't even have to go meet them. They just start talking to me or people that I've met at other places show up there and then they invite me to do something. Or then I go wander to do the next thing, like maybe i want to go... I don't know. Just try a place to eat, or they invite me to the hot springs, or I—I I don't know. It just like flows. I can't even tell you. I don't even know. I just go to get that coffee, and then the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing happens. So that's been kind of what it's been like. Duck Duck Goose says, "Oh, that's a cute name." Duck Duck Goose says, "How would somebody use their inner voice to start over? Whether it's digging yourself out of deep depression, grief, or restarting a life in a new country or community." How do you use your inner voice to start over? Well, you use your inner voice the same way, regardless of whether you're starting over or anything. You just ask and feel, ask and feel, ask and feel from your mind down to your inner voice. Ask for the guidance, ask for the clarity, ask for the peace, ask and feel and feel those beanbags as they come up. As I've always shared, it is so much more powerful to do inner voice beanbag releasing with a facilitator. So we have so many ways you can do that now. I'm so happy to have that because we really want to help you do this in your life. So there's a few ways. There's beanbag release sessions that the collaboratory drop-in classes, you can do it as a group. And that's like the easiest way to just kind of get your toe dipped into the water. You could also work with a facilitator one-on-one to do that. And that would be amazing as well in terms of learning how to release the emotions that are there that come from especially grief or deep depression. So those would be places to start in terms of releasing those things. But in terms of starting a new life in country or community, a lot of guidance and direction from your inner voice would be helpful there. So dialoguing with your inner voice. So I would say, yeah, doing some drop-in collaboratory classes are a great, easy, easy way to do it with a group of people and a facilitator or doing it one-on-one would be really, really helpful besides just going inside yourself. Okay, now we have Linda who said, I'd love to know how you travel with such financial freedom because I'm looking to do so. I don't have a stable job or any sort of stable income, but my heart is dying here. I want to travel. I'm torn. I don't know what to do and how to make ends meet while abroad. Please advise. I so appreciate it. Well, Linda, I can say that Back in London, 2017, 2016, somewhere in that period, people kept asking me back then how I was traveling on a budget and what I was doing to save money. And they were just kind of making a lot of assumptions based on their minds, assuming things about me. <laughs> and so I did this episode, people might remember if you were listening back then, called Things I'm Afraid to Tell You. You could still go back and listen to that episode if you're curious. It's still obviously on the podcast archives, Things I'm Afraid to Tell You. I don't remember what episode number, but it's back in the archives. That episode is where I outed myself. It was in the dark in London. There was like a party going on in an apartment not too far from where I was staying. I could hear it in the background. I couldn't sleep that night. That's why, because the party was going on. So I did this episode. And I just say, guys, my mind, like, was afraid to tell you guys this, but I've been going into law of attraction and listening to this thing called Abraham Hicks. And I've been applying it and applying it. And it's working and it's working so, so well. And I'm not having to do this on a budget. I'm not having to worry. I'm not having to strive or do this in any way that people are thinking I have to do it because I've been doing this thing called law of attraction and listening to this entity called Abraham Hicks. And that's the truth. (laughs) Like, that's it. I don't have to do it in these ways that people are assuming that I might be doing it. And so that would be, Linda, my truth for you as well. Like once I found the entity Abraham Hicks, which is thousands of hours of content on YouTube for free. So you can go listen there. Just type in the word Abraham Hicks and you've got thousands of hours at your fingertips. I was applying everything that they said. And I've taught the class flow with Intention to help others as well. So thousands of people have taken that course as well. So it's been my joy and many episodes of the show around two episode 214 and around that before and after episode 214, like up to 50 episodes maybe or so around before and after would be like that big phase of law of attraction for me and applying it truly works in every possible way. But you have to let like go of the mind resistance for it to do so. And those emotional beanbags around the, the disbelief or the emotions that block that. But once applied, that's honestly how I've done so. So my best possible suggestion for you would be to see if this is something that your mind has a lot of stories and emotions around. Feel into if exploring those principles would be useful for you because I can truly know of nothing better than to give you the tool of of abundance creation within yourself, not stories of tactics. Like learn the principles of the reality and then the reality is more easy to navigate. Truly. I know that sounds weird. It's just not a mental way of answering it, but it's a truly a, my honest way of really being the most helpful is to, to like really explore those principles and have the courage to try to apply them. That's all I've done for that. And that would be my suggestion. So there we go. See, Caroline Smith said, what are you currently reading? Do you read to learn or also for pleasure? Have a great day. I haven't been reading anything lately, I haven't, I've been just living and enjoying the dream, enjoying the reality itself. It's been so fun. Doesn't mean I wouldn't dip back into a book, but I haven't. I haven't been listening or watching anything for pleasure. I've just been living my reality. My reality itself has been so pleasureful lately that I haven't had the space for reading or watching anything because the actual reality itself as it's being presented to me is that pleasure and it is that learning. So that doesn't mean that that won't shift in my future, but that's what it's been lately. Now we have Kytuska said, I'd love to know how it's been traveling during the age of Corona. My husband has been wanting to travel and I have been more hesitant. He's also been vaccinated and is less fearful of the virus because of the vaccine. Have you felt limited once you arrive to a new destination because of restrictions or has it been totally a different world outside of the U.S.? Well, okay. So I can only speak to my experiences. And as you guys know, I've never been personally afraid of anyone dying before or after Corona or because of Corona, because I'm not afraid of dying. I, as the collective has said, every entity, and even journey of souls would say every entity chooses when they exit. So I'm not personally feeling concerned or fearful for anyone's exit, whether it's my grandparents, myself, my family members, my friends, or anyone else outside of me in the world as well. Now I have a lot of compassion that most people aren't that positive and Trusting about that transition. So, you know, a lot of people have a lot of fear, which is where a lot of this reality has been so fearful in the last year because of all of this. But having, you know, just sharing my own personal feelings, I haven't had any fear around my own death. My inner voice told me very beginning of Corona that I personally wasn't going to die of Corona. So that was a nice peace of mind for my own mind during this phase that this was a transition of experience that humans were having, but it wasn't going to define my own experience ultimately in any way. So that was nice peace of mind for me. Now, I have tons of compassion and understand the entities that are sovereign and everyone else are having their own experience and I can't control their experience. I can just control my own. So I just do what my inner voice calls me to do. Now traveling in the first place, my mind would have bought a place in Portugal as I showed in a flow diaries back in January. If it had its way, my mind would have stayed in Portugal during a four month lockdown, totally alone in my flat, which I've now realized has construction outside on the roads, which would have been right in my ear. I would have been, if I had not followed my intuition, I would have been alone for four months in my flat alone with construction outside. And I live on the first floor. So there would have been jackhammers for months in my ears well, unable to do anything other than go for a walk or go to the grocery store. That would have been my reality if I followed my mind. And I would have bought a flat in the process of, of sitting there in the flat all the time. That's what I would have done. My inner voice didn't want to buy the flat and it wanted to go to Hawaii. <laughs> and then it wanted to go to Belize. And now it wants to be in Mexico. So obviously the way the inner voices guided my life looks completely different and included travel, even though my mind had stories. And it didn't have stories about its own fear of traveling. It had its stories about other people's judgment of my traveling. But my inner voice never worried about their judgment because my inner voice knew that their inner voices and the deeper part of themselves beyond their mind were not judging me. Just their minds are judging me. But my mind (laughs) was looking at other minds worrying about judgment. But of course, even that judgment that my mind was worried about is not enough for me not to follow my inner voice. That was not easy or pleasant for my mind to feel like there could be minds that judge it, but I'm not going to follow their judgment more than my inner voice. I'm going to follow my inner voice most. So getting that all out of the way, I can just say, I feel very much attuned to, in Costa Rica, Eckhart Tolle, four or five years ago now, did a retreat. And I remember this thing he said, I found it very applicable to Corona as well. He talked about psychological fear versus common sense. So he said this about five years ago about touching a hot stove. He goes, you know, you could have a child and you can teach them not to touch the stove because it's hot. And if it's hot, you could burn yourself. There's two ways that humans teach psychological fear of the stove. They teach this child to be afraid of the stove because you don't need to be afraid of the stove to have the common sense that you will burn yourself if you touch the stove. So common sense would say, don't touch the stove because it's hot but you don't have to instill a sense of fear of the stove into the child. You can have them know commonsensically not to touch it, but not that they have to fear it. Common sense doesn't need fear. That's how I felt about these travel restrictions and so forth here in the world in the last year as well. Just following the restrictions or the rules that are in place for the place you're in, you could do with common sense, but you don't have to have a psychological fear along with it. So that's been basically my approach is just, do the rules at the place that I'm in and not be afraid. <laughs> and also my inner voice actually flowed me into a set of circumstances to get COVID in the very beginning of January. And I was so shocked that I got it because I was never afraid of it. And then I got it and I was like, wow, this is unexpected, but I just flowed with it. And I love the experience of having the Corona, which is so weird to say, but it's my honest truth. It was like a very strong flu, but nothing worse than that for me personally. So I just stayed alone and I was like in my house and I just got Uber Eats and I just waited it out and then I got better. But when I was in that, it was like a little mini slowdown period, which I was really wanting to go deep and still and inside myself. So that was at first, like my first blessing from it was that it was this easy way to get still and rest and get deep inside myself again. But then after that, I feel very confident. Personally, also, I have this sense of peace of mind around like immunity, whether someone thinks that they have permanent immunity or even temporary immunity. Even people that think it's only temporary usually will give it a three to six month window, which is like literally when I'm traveling. So I feel like I wouldn't have signed up. I wouldn't have raised my hand for it. But at the same time, I appreciated the experience of having it for its slowdown that it gave me. And then also now I feel like personally I can still follow the rules and have the common sense of the guidelines that are in place for the places I'm in. But at the same time, I'm not afraid. So I would say that right now airports are so peaceful. I have to say that that is such an interesting thing to say, because if you haven't traveled in an airport in a while, they're mostly empty or very uncrowded. Most of the ones I've been in in the last year, and they're just so calm. And it's so interesting because when you're on social media or watch the, I don't even watch the news, but I could imagine, actually, I can't even imagine what the news is even showing this year. I haven't watched it, but I can say that like social media is so fearful, but like the airports are so calm. And so I find that interesting that there's much more fear I have found on social media than actual places in reality. So that's interesting. Like there's just a peace. There's just a, everybody's still being a human and they're still living their lives. And I think that's also the people that are less afraid or less stuck in fear or immobilized by fear are taking the choices to go out into the world. But because there's so few people, it's so peaceful and it's quiet and it's um, uncrowded. Flights are really easy. And the staff of the flights are so, I mean, I feel like, the stabs of airplanes are even more kind than usual. Not that they weren't kind before, but I feel like there's an added level of kindness because this has been such a difficult time for so many people, including airlines, that there's just less stress. There's not as many people. So I think it's a really beautiful time to travel, to be honest. So I just do the guidelines that I don't make a bigger story than any of that. So that's my experience while traveling. Now we have Nicole Rosalyn who said, what are your go-to ways to let go and surrender, particularly when there are situations that seem very time-sensitive or stressful, or you have people in your life constantly on your back to figure things out, but are committed to doing what feels right when it feels right. Well, I don't have anybody on my personal back to push me, I guess. Everybody that knows me and are still in my life at this point, they've basically learned that this is how I am and live. So they have a lot of healthy humor and compassion and patience for me to do things when it feels right. So I guess anybody's relationship that was so harsh, I guess they would have in the last five years not even met me <laughs> or they would have bounced out of my life and my reality because I wouldn't be meeting their expectations. So yeah, I know that's not everybody. Everybody else, you know, you could be in a family situation that's quite intense that you've known them for your entire life. So it's not as easy. I have a lot of space and distance from my immediate family and my extended family. So I don't have any expectations from grandparents or or even my parents. But my go-to ways to let go and surrender. <sighs> let's see what happens. Let's see what happens if I really give this the time and space it needs. Let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. So you can feel and you can honor the resistance the mind has, but just say, let's see what happens if we try it anyways. Let's see what happens if we try it anyways. Erica says, hello, in your podcast, you talked about receiving messages from different places, the wind, hammock, emotions, et cetera. My human design is a manifesting generator. I read that my intuition should have a direct yes to do it or absolutely no. What is your human design? Do you always have an instinctive reaction right away? Okay, so human design is a modality. I don't actually. I don't know if it's a modality is the right way to call it, but it's a thing that's very popular recently that's really taken off around understanding personalities, and I think it has to do, I believe, with your your astrology to a degree where you're born. What time you were born and your sign, and those kinds of things. I know there's more to it. I just haven't gone deeply into it. So I did do once years and years ago like two or three years ago in Australia, I did a session with someone once about it. And that was the only experience I've had with it. I think they did call me a manifesting generator as well, which has been something that I'm glad I know because a lot of people do ask me what I am. And so I say that because I think that's what I was told, but I didn't go any deeper where I remember anything more about it than that word. So that's the only thing I know. I know the words human design and I know manifesting generator. I don't know anything more than that. I can tell you that I'm not personally going to go deeper into human design. I have personally loved Myers-Briggs and I know a bit about astrology, perfunctorily speaking, but anything that divides the pizza up in different ways. So everybody basically, all that is is essentially like a pizza and you can cut and slice the pizza in different ways and you can have different experiences. You could cut it in rectangles, you can cut it in slices like a pizza pie like in a little pie chart type of way. You can do it in plaid. You can slice a pizza in so many different ways. So we can look at people and their personalities and their level of the personality and the mind and their way of creation at that level in so many different ways, through astrology, through Myers-Briggs, through human design, through so many different facets. And that's just slicing the pizza in different ways and understanding how the pizza functions. I found that at a place where in my own journey, I wanted to understand the nature and essence of pizza of every pizza, not individual pizzas, like my pizza versus your pizza. And if you're a manifesting generator or you're a projector or whatever, but just, I was at a place where I was ready to go deeper than all of the mental stuff and the personality levels of people. So that's why I didn't go deeper into that one is because by that point I was looking for the deeper nature of reality that transcends and extends beyond personality and individual perception so that's for me the reason i didn't go deeply into it so i don't know about the absolutely yes or no's or have an instinctive reaction right away sometimes i do sometimes is shown to me through the symbols and, and i wouldn't worry about it i guess that's what i would say to me i'm just not worried about it i'm just living with the signs and the experiences of knowing that come and show up to me in every moment I don't worry about it. So yeah, hopefully that about the pizza thing though is useful for you guys. Like if you love human design, go all in. Like I know Myers-Briggs at such an in-depth level because of a mentor of mine that I've been working with for over the years. And she's like a wizard of Myers-Briggs, just like how we're interacting together. Like I remember one time she told me, she intuited through my conversation with her about what my mom's Myers-Briggs was. And then she knew me. And so she's like, your mom just sees you like a red balloon and she's just trying to hold on to the string. So just let her do (laughs) whatever she feels comfortable to understand you and to make sure that you're okay and safe. She just said that. And that was it through the lens of Myers-Briggs. And it was incredibly helpful. I told my mom that once after she told me this. And my mom just like, of course, this is like so beyond my mom's like background or understanding at all. But even just telling about the red balloon and holding onto the string, she just nodded her head and kind of felt understood by my mentor. So that was an incredible insight. And I just, through exposure to my mentor, got really perfunctory at Myers-Briggs as well. So it's been very useful for my life. But at the same time that that's all true, you don't have to go into every single possible way of understanding humans and their personalities, right? You can use the tools that come into your life naturally. And maybe a human design for a lot of people will be that tool. And I'm sure it's really great. So go into those tools if you want to, as you want to, and use the ones, but don't feel like obligation to go into every single tool that's available. Find the ones that come into your life easily, that feel fun, that help you have a bit of awareness of individuals and personalities and how to Integrate with all of them because it's useful. I use the astrology that I have and my Myers Briggs that I have for that purpose, and someone else could use human design. But at the same time, don't put the pressure on yourself to feel like the minute the next new human design 2.0 comes out, that you need to necessarily go into that. Like you can just use the tools that you have for the time that it's fun and then. They don't go away, but you can also just keep exploring deeper and deeper to the non-dual parts and just go deeper and deeper to the deeper truths that transcend all of those things also. So, you know, just kind of feel into which modalities feel right. And so, yeah, that would be a little suggestion on any modality, not just human design. Now we have Krista who says, you mentioned that you've been to other realms in a previous podcast. I'm wondering if you feel like talking about that experience. I'm so curious. Thanks, Krista. Yeah, I've had many experiences in what we could call other realms in non-time space realities. They're incredible. I actually don't feel like talking about them. (laughs) Not that I'm hiding them or anything. They transcend words. So they're so hard to describe because they aren't mental experiences. So trying to bring them down to the mental experience for you to kind of intuit it, what it would feel like is like, flattening it down. It's like me trying to describe Lisbon to you. I could do my best to do it, but until you're in Lisbon, it's not going to be the same. And Yeah, at the hour top of this show, I think I'm just gonna let that go and trust that if or when those moments are yet and meant to be experienced naturally and shared naturally through the show, I will. But I wanna give more time in depth to them and context to those experiences as they related to my life and how they impacted the human reality. So if just sharing those things on their own in, in a silo probably wouldn't be as useful to you too as later sharing them with more context and impact around them as well. So I'll save that as like a potential thing to explore at another time, but I'll do them in a place that could be more useful too, because the impact of those experiences is probably even more helpful than the experiences description themselves, because as you'd hear them, they wouldn't take you to those realms and your mind would just kind of think it got the essence of it, but it's like me describing what surfing is like versus surfing in the actual ocean. All right. Last question. Lucy said, I want to hear all about Belize, maybe another flow diary. Yeah, Lucy, Belize was incredible. And I, yes, I think I want to share about Belize later. Let me share Belize in a flow diaries when it feels appropriate to share. Let's do that. Let's do that. But I can say, okay, so aside from the flow diaries of what happened while I was in Belize for my own personal life, I will share that Belize, other than that, also, I'll just share about the country. If you haven't been, guys, it's incredible. And especially if you're traveling right now, like our person that asked about fear around traveling, if you want to go somewhere right now, and let's say you're in North America, especially, ah, Belize it is so empty right now. There's like 10 to 20 percent occupancy in all of the hotels. I don't even know how they're functioning at the full capacity that they are. With such low attendance in them, I just feel a lot of compassion for these staffs because the staffs are fully or very fully staffed, and there's just so few people. Like I was in Hamanazi Resort; it was an adventure resort. Loved it. There was so much staff, like cleaning and doing everything for the resort, and the capacity I think for the resort overall is about a hundred people, and they had like twenty people in the resort. And so there's just so much more capacity than what is actually there. So all you have to do is take a negative COVID test before you fly and you can arrive into Belize. You just download an app and fill out your information and details and you can come. So I loved it. It was gorgeous. There are so many fun things. Hamanazi. And then I stayed at Itzana in Palencia. Those were the two places I stayed. They're beautiful. I saw the marketing for Hamanazi was social distance naturally. <laughs> There's so few people there right now. It's pretty easy to be there and to social distance naturally. So if you want to feel free to go to Belize right now, if you feel into it, they're taking lots and lots of precautions. So they really don't want the spread of COVID. They've had very little COVID, but they are open to tourism. And there is many places to go right now that are there and you will not be around many people. I felt like we had the place all to ourselves. It was incredible. So yeah. I would say Belize was beautiful. The snorkeling and diving is exceptional. The people are wonderful. If you don't speak any language other than English, don't worry. It was a British Commonwealth country. So it is English is like spoken very fluently pretty much everywhere. They have other languages as well, but English is very, very, very prevalent. So you'll be fun. And yeah, that would be a suggestion if you feel interested in it. There's a lot of people touring Mexico right now as well. The feeling I get between Belize and Mexico is that if you want more COVID precautions, go to Belize. If you want less COVID precautions, go to Belize if you want to, or you'll find that there's more At least in San Miguel, I'm noticing that there are COVID precautions in San Miguel, but there is a more relaxed vibe about it here than it feels in Belize. So you could choose whichever flavor of that you prefer. If you want more COVID precaution or less, those are my perceptions of the places that I've been to recently. So yeah, there you guys have it. This is so fun. I know there are many, many more questions that got asked that I didn't get to. Maybe I'll do another episode either where I do another call up for fresh Q&As and you can still like copy paste or like ask the same question if I didn't get to it in the next one. But you guys are just wonderful. Thank you for all the questions. Hopefully this was helpful for you. I love you. And until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.